I'm Andrew Murata, host of the Education Leadership and Beyond podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you are listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, Steve here, and my podcast, Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, is hosted on Podbean. If you use my affiliate link when you sign up for podcast hosting, you will get one month free. I've been on Podbean for the whole existence of my podcast since November of 2013. In that time frame, I've had nonstop service. I've had easy access to assistance when I needed help. I've been able to upload unlimited pictures and podcast episodes. The dashboard is easy to use. My Podbean community has grown tremendously. Looking at starting a podcast? Well, use my affiliate link to get one month free of hosting. Go to my website at stephenmaletto.com slash sponsors and click on the Podbean hosting link to see what plans are offered and choose the one that you like the best. You'll be glad you did. Dr. Rosalind Y. Lewis Tompkins, the founder and president of Mothers in Crisis and the Turning Point International Church, is talking with us today about her own story of overcoming destructive drug addictions, helping others do the same, her hope campaign, and the book that she's written called As Long As There Is Breath In Your Body, There Is Still Hope, Releasing the Power of Hope. What a powerful, inspiring story, and what a powerful, inspiring conversation that will help you you know, keep in the back of your mind, keep at the forefront of your mind that there is always hope. So much to learn today. Thanks for listening. And by the way, don't forget, go to my webpage, stephenmaletto.com and uh, slash reviews and go in there and rate and review the podcast. Could you do that for me? That would be so cool. Thanks so much. Enjoy. Hey, Steve here. And I want to ask you a question. Have you been feeling stressed, overwhelmed, exhausted, maybe stuck? Or how about you're emotionally eating, you can't sleep, you're mindlessly scrolling the internet or watching TV, you have racing thoughts and maybe even a foggy brain. If you're experiencing these, then Self-Care Summer is for you. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is excited to collaborate with Connect, Flow, Grow to bring you this exciting opportunity. The founder, Lynn Jimenez, is a therapist specializing in helping people reduce stress so they can live happier, more productive lives. This summer, she is bringing together her favorite self-care experts for self-care summer to help you learn how to keep stress low. In addition to starting or freshening up your self-care practices, Lynn will teach you what you need to know about stress, including what it is, how to identify how stress impacts you, and how to use coping skills effectively to actually stress less. So go to my website, stephenmaletto.com sponsors, and click on the Self-Care Summer with ConnectFlow Grow hosting link to join by July 12th through 15th to secure your spot. This event only happens once a year and you're not going to want to miss it. Check it out. You are listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast for educators, helping you help kids achieve their dreams. And now here's Steve with this week's show. Dr. Rosalind Y. Lewis Tompkins is the founder and president of Mothers in Crisis Incorporated, a 501c3 nonprofit organization committed to linking families and communities together to provide networks of support and encouragement for families to live productively, empowered, 
hope-filled lives. Recognized as a hopeologist, she received a Doctorate of Humanities degree from the Fivefold Ministry Theological University in 2012, recognizing her as a humanitarian for the work that she has done in drug and alcohol addiction. She's the author of several books, including Nimble Anointed Words and Power, as, and As Long As There Is Breath In Your Body, There Is Hope, and You Are Beautiful. She's also a columnist for the Tallahassee Democrat newspaper and resides in Tallahassee, Florida. Today, Dr. Tompkins and I will be talking about being a hopeologist. We'll be talking about Hope Connection, Mothers in Crisis, and her book, As Long As There Is Breath In Your Body, There Is Still Hope, Releasing the Power of Hope. Dr. Tompkins, thanks for joining me today, and say hi to everyone. Hello. It's wonderful to be with you. So, Rosalind, it's awesome to have you here. Glad that you could join me today. And let's start by talking a little bit about your book, As Long As There Is Breath In Your Body, There Is Still Hope, Releasing the Power of Hope. The beginning of the book tells your story of overcoming addictions that were derailing your life. Could you talk a little bit about what path your life had taken at 19? Yes. um, Actually, it started when I was 12 years old. And by the time I was 19, that's when it derailed. (laughs) But I started um, smoking marijuana at the age of 12 and it progressed um, into powder cocaine and some other drugs. And by the time I was 19, I had graduated high school and I was uh, uh, in college. I was a sophomore at Florida State University. And I started um, what they call shrooning at the time, experimenting with mushroom tea. And uh, it's a psychedelic drug, hallucinogenic. And so I, I went on some really bad trips, I would call them, and where I lost touch with reality on four different occasions. Um, and I went through that whole experience, as I talk about in the book, and that was at age 19. Um, but by the grace of God, I made it through that. But I didn't stop uh, using drugs and alcohol so that by the time uh, crack cocaine came on the scene, uh, I was there to meet it. And uh, so I had a little six month bout with that and um, too with some very devastating consequences. And so finally, uh, I became pregnant with my daughter, who is now 33 um, years old. <laughs> And I got clean and sober. I gave up everything, you know, by the grace of God. And now I've been clean now for 34 years. Congrats. That's awesome. Because I know you you share in the book that, uh, you know, where you kept thinking that you could separate yourself from it and, uh, you know, do without it or whatever. And then you'd end up right back. Yes. Addictions. I tell you, it's nothing to play with. I, I call it going through the hellhole of addiction. Yeah, you definitely share that in your book. You know, in chapter five, I mean, in fact, this fits well with what you just said. You, you, you note this. I sat and looked out at the water trying to imagine where I would be in five years. I saw nothing but darkness. I knew I had to do something or I would die on the vine. Could you talk about that just a little bit? That is the epitome of hopelessness. And that's what that's what what we're combating through this whole hope campaign is is that experience and that that profound feeling of, you know, life is over, you know, there's nothing to look forward to. And, um, and I, and I just tell you, I'm so glad that, you know, I was able to get past that moment because many people don't, I'll never forget it. I was actually sitting, uh, in, at Bayview park in Pensacola, Florida. That's a, you know, uh, uh, a park that, that has a, uh, an entrance. It's like a, uh, I forgot what you call it, but it's for the ocean because it's the Gulf of Mexico. Gotcha. So it, yeah, it's a place there. And, and many people 
uh, when they feel that way, they just jump in the water and drown. They never, they never make it past that. And that's why this, this whole hope campaign and the power of hope is so important. I'll never forget that. I, I can only imagine. Cause that's, that's gotta be, I mean, to, to think I, I can't see myself in five years, nor can I see myself tomorrow. Maybe I just, you know, and, and to even be able to, to say, I'm going to somehow I'm going to get myself help or get out of this situation because I mean, you, you share multiple times where that just, it's good words, <laughs> but doesn't, <laughs> but doesn't work out whether one thing or another, like in one case in the book, you happen to go be back around people who are using, and uh, that kind of sends you back. I mean, what was that like when you, you kind of had to separate yourself or just, I mean, a, a little harder than saying no, right? Oh, absolutely. I tell you, if it, if it wasn't for the grace of God and, and my strong faith and belief and also the strong family connections that I had, uh, especially with my mother, um, there's no way I could have made it because of the temptation and because of all of the things that, that go along with addiction. And uh, as they always say, the first thing is admitting you have a problem. And then it talks about how you got to deal with the people, places, and things. So you have to separate yourself. And sometimes that is easier said than done. But, but that's why I, I'm here as an example, because it can be done. And, and not just in my life, in countless thousands, lives, millions, even all around the world, uh, it, it's being done. And that's the power of hope. That's awesome. That's awesome. So let's use that to, to, to ask you this. I mean, what, what inspired you to actually write as long as there is breath in your body, there is still hope releasing the power of hope. I mean, what, I mean, cause you know, a lot of people want to have ideas to write books. I mean, you've written others. I mean, but what, what actually inspired you to make sure you, you put it down and published? Well, it's uh, it's actually the sequel to the first book. As long as there's breath in your body, there is hope. And that was uh, about 15 years uh, prior to me writing this book. And so much had happened. I mean, I ended it, the, the first book at Development of Mothers in Crisis. Yes, I had made it out uh, out of the hellhole of addiction on the other side. And I'd started Mothers in Crisis. But in that 15 year span, so much had happened. Uh, so many great things um, with Mothers in Crisis, the success stories, Turning Point International Church, traveling to different nations around the world, and then the whole Hope Campaign, the practice of Hopeology. April is National Month of Hope. So I felt like the story had, to, the rest of the story needed to be told. And, uh, and, and I just wanted to make sure it got out there because over the years, what I found is that so many people are encouraged, inspired, and and find hope just by reading reading your story and understanding that hey if if you can make it I can too. That's awesome, yeah. Because that's I think that's uh, got to be a probably a, a big drain would be the idea to uh, just thinking that you're by yourself. I guess you're on your own that nobody else knows what I know. Nobody else has gone through the troubles. Mm-hmm. And just don't know mm-hmm. what I'm feeling like or whatever. Can you talk about those feelings? I mean, what is that? That that is a that's a, that's hopelessness. That's the feeling of isolation. That's something. And, you know, the thing that about hope and about as long as there's breath in your body, there's still hope. Although my story was about addiction and what I went through, 
it's not limited to that because there, and that's what I'm so excited about with the whole hope campaign, because we're looking at it from, from wide perspective. And especially after the year we've just had uh, 2020 with the coronavirus pandemic and all of these things, these same emotions and feelings that we're talking about, what people have been feeling as they've been isolated and quarantining and losing loved ones and getting sick themselves. And so many times just wondering, you know, you know, what's going to happen? How am I going to get through this? And, and those type of feelings that this hope that we're talking about can really make a difference. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's that, And it, and part of what, I mean, your journey actually led you to create um, this focus on hope and, uh, and several uh, organizations that help uh, uh, people who are struggling for lack there of hope, I guess, uh, would be a way of saying it. So could you talk a little bit about, could you go into the book a little bit about this? Could you talk a little bit about the creation of Mothers in Crisis, where it came from and what your focus was and is? Well, that was my very first baby of hope I call Mothers in Crisis because after I got into recovery, uh, I found early on as a social worker, uh, I had one year clean. It was during the time of the crack cocaine epidemic. And, and there were so many, so many women that, that looked just like me that were going through what I had gone through. And, and I felt compelled. Uh, I was working at another nonprofit agency and, um, and some other projects. And I just, I felt compelled to start an organization that what I said, first of all, would keep me clean. And then second of all, to help others, because I, because, because I thought about it and I came up with, with, with this conclusion that if I'm clean and sober and I I've kind of made it through it and I'm, you know, me and my daughter, we're, we're, we're making our way on the other side of this, but my sister's aren't, then am I really clean? And so the answer for me was no, no, you have to go back in. You have to share this message. And that became my life's purpose. And also, um, you know, it became my life's power because it was the place that helped me to, to, that I can say now 34 years free and helping thousands of other uh, women children, families to, to, to gain that freedom and also to be more hopeful. That's awesome. It's such an incredibly powerful story. And, 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 you know, the, what goes along with mothers in crisis is that down the road, then you have the formation and mission. Uh, could you talk about a little bit about the formation and mission of uh, turning point international church? Yes. And turning point international church is the chapel outreach ministry of mothers in crisis. And, and how it, how it came, how we formed that was uh, a lot of the women, they were coming and they were getting clean. We had our support groups going and, and everything, but then they had to go back home and then they had spouses or, you know, loved ones, other family members who weren't getting what they were getting. And then they, so many would say, well, can, can, you know, my, you know, husband come to the meeting. Can my daughter come to the meeting? Can my mother come to the meeting? And so out of that need, uh, I was ordained as a, as a minister during that time. I'd just been ordained. And out of that need, I started the chapel so that now the whole families can come, the whole communities can come. And we just went, you know, we just was on a mission there from, from that place. That's very cool. And that's, uh, it's, it's awesome. And it speaks loudly through your book. The, uh, it, um, 
just the power of what you're able to accomplish with these organizations working to help people, which is cool. Um, yes. You know, it, section three of your book says, let go of the past and look ahead. Let's talk about your message in this segment of your book. Where are you trying to get at? Now, that was the time when Mothers in Crisis, we turned 25 years old. We, we, had, we had done so much. I'd written grants, uh, implemented so many grant projects, um, had even had a chance to, to do some travel overseas to Africa and other countries. And it was like we were saying, OK, now what? Now what? Because we couldn't live in what had been and what we what we accomplished in the past. But it was like, OK, now what? What are we going to do now? And it's that transition period. And that's so that's so important. And that's why hope is like that is is hope in the hallway when you're going through transition. It's like, okay, what's next? And then that's whenever uh, we immersed ourselves in this whole hope campaign and started going in a whole nother direction and saying, okay, now if I think about what have what have we learned through this whole process, okay, my testimony, what I went through personally, what we've been able to accomplish through Mothers in Crisis, and what we learned was that there was power and hope. And what I wanted to dedicate the rest of my days to now is being that one that can help promote this powerful concept of hope. That's that's awesome that you take taking this on and uh, and being so successful at it. I mean, you're, the message is out there, and you you got uh, people rallying to this, and uh, so awesome stuff. Who do you, who is it that you want? I mean, who's your audience that you want to make sure reads your book? Well, the audience that I found that kind of have risen, <laughs> you know, over the years. First of all, have been those who are experiencing uh, addictions or family members who have loved ones who have addictions that, that just that whole, my whole first, my story of how I was able to make it through that. And then the other stories that's in there, it, it really helps to inspire others. But then I've also found that those who want to become more hopeful themselves, those who just need a little help, you know, a little inspiration, it may not be addictions, whatever it may be that they're going through. And then I found that those that want to learn how now, to spread this hope to others that are thinking about, you know, I, I, I want to start a, a nonprofit organization or I want to make a difference. I, I you know, I want to help others. And then uh, I found that this book has been very helpful for those as well. That's excellent. That's excellent. The, uh, one of the things as you know, now we're getting into the part of the book where you get into talking about, um, we're going to, I'm going to ask you some questions about being a hopeologist and about your hope connections and all that. But, I really felt like before I could do that, I needed you to talk a little bit about what you call the eight pearls of wisdom. Could I get you to just share a little bit about those? Yes. Yes. I'd love to talk about the eight pearls of wisdom. That was in my first, the first book, as long as there's breath in your body, there is hope. And it was such a powerful every, you know, I've presented it in many different places. And so many people that have read that read that book, they were very uh, blessed by it. They were encouraged by it. They were inspired by the eight pearls of wisdom. So therefore, uh, I said, I got to include them, but I didn't just write the same things. I upgraded them because, because I always say this, it's one thing to go through something, but it's another thing to come out of that experience with something, with some value. You know? And those eight pearls of wisdom are, are valuable life lessons and principles that I learned 
and uh, that that I believe is helpful for other people as well. That's excellent. That's excellent. And, it, and it, it's cool because, like you said, they are they're they're you know they're pearls. They're they're ideas of uh, um, that are going to help you know with the thought about how to live life and how to, uh, how to overcome and, and so forth. I, I love that. And like, you know, um, one of, one of them, um, that I really like is, uh, you know, you have the power of love and, uh, um, the power you start off with the power of hope and, uh, and I, and, uh, just, uh, good stuff and which, and so I want to use those eight pearls to kind of step us into, um, a discussion of you being recognized as a hopologist. So tell everybody what a hopologist is. Well, um, the Hopeologist is my trademark uh, with the U.S. Uh, uh, Patent and Trademark Office for, in its category 35, and it's uh, promoting the public advocacy, it's, it's promoting the public awareness of hope through public advocacy. So, so as, so really the Hopeologist is, it, it encompasses all the things that we're doing, not just me. So, you know, that's just my moniker. So th this that that's what it basically is, promoting hope through public advocacy. So we're 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 advocacy, uh, we're advocates for hope. That's what a hopeologist is. Very cool. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, it, it, now, one of the things that leads out of this, you know, you you have this focus now of creating citizens of hope and creating hope connections. Can you kind of put that together for the audience? Well, a citizen of hope is is someone and the, the backbone of this whole hope campaign and that and the citizens are those that believe in this so much until not only are they publicly advocating for hope, but they're actually giving to the organization on a monthly basis um, through to, to mothers in crisis so that we can do these different activities and provide all that we're doing because we're not, we don't get any funding from anywhere, uh, grants or anything of that nature. So it's our citizens of hope that believe in this, that join in. And then not only do they give, but they also become, uh, public advocates as, uh, as well to advocate for hope. That's, that's, it's excellent. Cause that's just, uh, you know, the more, I guess what it makes me think about is the idea that the, the more people you have feeling like they can spread hope also, the better chances are that you're going to reach the people who have none or feel right. like they have none. And, and that's what brings, and then that brings me to the question that you asked about the hope connections, because once you become more hopeful, once you learn to think hope, take these hope breaks and all of these type of strategies that we talk about, because you can't give what you don't have, right? right? But once you become more hopeful and you begin to advocate for this hope, then now you can share it with other people. And that's the power of making hope connections by having hope chats, because you never know what someone is going through by then creating hope fusions where you continue to connect with them. And then eventually what we believe is possible and I've seen happen is creating these hope spheres where there's more hope there than negativity because neg negativity, it zaps creativity. It, it, it just, it just puts uh it, it just puts such a bad um, um, taste in your mouth whenever you, whenever you're trying to accomplish something and, and there's a lot of negativity, but the more hopeful people are, the more solution oriented you, you can become. It's like the lights in the midst of the dark tunnel. You can begin to see things that you didn't see before. And that's what we're seeing. 
through these hope connections. They're so very important. Just, I, just awesome. I mean, the, the, the power of this, and this is, it, it's going to lead me to ask this because I have to, uh, do you want to share a little bit about where you are with your hope challenge? I mean, where you are with the, the hope campaign and what, what some of your successes and so forth and, and kind of where, where you see it getting you to, I mean, what, what you're trying to achieve. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Yes. I would, I would say the, the, the shining uh, crown for this whole hope campaign has been uh, the designation that we received from the national day calendar for April to become the national month of hope. And that happened in 2017. And the first year that we celebrated was 2018 uh, in April. So this is our, uh, we've celebrated for four years now. And, and I'm telling you, I can see the traction that's happening as, as people just, people all across the nation and even international now uh, in Pakistan where they're picking up on it and they're, they're, they're celebrating and they're acknowledging that April is the national month of hope. So, so I would say that, that that's our biggest uh, uh, accomplishment thus far. And, and really what we spend most of the time working on because we want this thing just to grow. It's bigger than us. It's way bigger. We want it to become like the, the pink campaign for breast cancer where, you know, in, in October you see something painted pink, you automatically know it's breast cancer awareness month. We don't want to, we don't have to be the ones to do it. There are creative minds out there from the, from the school system, from, from, uh, you know, government, from, from organizations, from families that, that are now picking up on it and they're doing things creatively to spread this hope. And then another thing that we've been doing this year, we have our balls for hope campaign where, where because of the pandemic, it's been so much stress. People have been uh, grinding their teeth and, 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 you know, and just really going through and not even aware of the stress that they're in. Uh, frontline workers, as as we know that we've been honoring essential workers and, and those that are going through teachers, especially my daughter is a teacher. Um, and so we've been giving out these stress balls and we tell people, you know, instead of grinding your teeth, squeeze the ball, squeeze it, you know, throw it around, get some endorphins going and remember that as long as there's breath in your body, there is hope and you are breathing you're going to get through this. It's going to be all right. So that has been exciting this year. We've had a lots of people to join in with our balls for hope campaign. So we're definitely going to continue that. Excellent. Excellent. I love it. And that's, uh, and it's so cool that you're able to get the designation for the month of April. Uh, and you know, the, by the time my audience hears this, it'll be after April. Um, but, uh, um, it's so cool. Do you, do you you know, one of the things that I want to make sure that uh, I ask, since you've gone ahead and mentioned, I'm just going to go ahead and ask this question. I, it, it, we're getting close to bringing this to a close, but if someone wanted to learn more about like the Balls for Hope and the and everything that's going on that you got going on, if they wanted to connect with you or learn more, where would you send them? Go to makeahopeconnection.com, www.makeahopeconnection.com. It has all the information on there and also about how you, if you can get uh, if you'd like some balls, stress balls, or if you'd like to become a citizen of hope or just to find out more information about the strategies of becoming more hopeful and also uh, making hope connections, it's all on that website, as well as my book. Information about the book is there, too. 
Excellent. And I'll have links to uh, in the show notes so that they'll uh, be able to find that easily and uh, connect with you over there at your website and uh, um, get some of the stress balls as well as um, your books. So good stuff. Uh, I, you know, if you had a chance to, to talk, Rosalind, with an audience of teachers who are getting ready to start the fall of 2021, you know, they're getting ready to start working with all this whole year that's happened that the way it's happened. Um, what message would you want them to remember from your talk? That that there is hope and and that is very important for for them to become more hopeful, because because if they have hope, they can give that because hope is like it's like wildfire. It spreads. It's, it's like helium in your balloon. It, it, it'll, it'll lift you. And when you when you have that type of hope, then you can share that with with the students and and, and they can become more hopeful. So that's what I would I would encourage them to just to just know that, you know, there is hope. Things are already getting better and things are going to continue to get better. Become more hopeful and just share that hope. Excellent message. Love it. I, I, I've got last two questions for you. And these are just questions I like to ask my guests. And first one goes like this. How do you keep going when so much is going on that you may want to quit? Well, it's, you know, I get that. I get asked that a lot about, are, are you always so hopeful? Are you always up? And the answer is, of course not. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm human just like anybody else. It's, it's that I don't stay that way. So, so, so that's the thing. I, I actually practice what I preach, as they say. I utilize the tools. I, I, I believe in this message of hope. It has worked in my life. I wouldn't be here today. So, 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 so actually you have to be intentional and you, you just have to actively put into practice how to think hope, become more hopeful, make hope connections. And then you'll begin to look at everything that's going on around and you say, okay, well, you know what? That's now that's happening now, but, but it's going to get better. Why? Because people are, and then you begin to look at active things that people are doing and then what you can do to change the situation and change society and change the world. And that just kind of keeps, keeps me going. That's excellent. Appreciate that. You sharing that good, good stuff. Cause I mean, a lot of times people just get, get stuck and they need some thoughts about how to keep going. Hey, the last question, do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? And what would you say if given the chance to say, thank you? Well, I, I thought about that and I thought about from my, um, you know, formative years, but then really in college, I'd have to say I had a professor uh, who ended up becoming the Dean. And now she's the Dean of another college somewhere, uh, uh, Dr. Barbara White. And she was a professor in my, in the social work department at Florida state university. And as you know, as you read my book, um, it, you know, a lot of that time when I was in college, I was actively using and I would turn in papers that I would just write and I wouldn't even proofread or anything. And I remember she didn't give up on me and, and she would, she wouldn't just, cause she could have just failed me. But finally things began to change in my life. I started, you know, seeing a little light at the end of the tunnel, a little bit, getting a little bit better. And I remember she called me into, to meet with me. And, and she had, she looked at me, she said, and she showed me the paper. She showed me one I had turned in before and she showed me this one. And she said, getting better, aren't you, Rosalind? And, and just that attention in the midst of my darkness, because I was using, 
it, it made a big difference. And I went on to graduate. And I, I mean, that's powerful in so many different ways, because just reading the book, I mean, you're struggling with so many different things at that time to have someone who went out of her way. And it, you know, that, not that there's anything, you know, it, but college professors are not really known that much for spending time. I, that's, I'm trying to say that delicately, but it's like, wow. And, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Dr. Barbara White, you know, but it was the social work department. So, you know, us social workers. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that's true. I didn't think about it that way. That's, that's funny. That's awesome. So good stuff. I, uh, I, I can't think enough, uh, Dr. Tompkins, for uh, talking with me today. Your book, As Long As There Is Breath In Your Body, There Is Still Hope. Releasing the Power of Hope is powerful and inspiring. Thanks for delivering, delivering your message that there is always hope. Wishing you the very best that you do. Thank you, and thanks for having me, and thank you for help spreading the message. Hey, do you need help in becoming more effective at teaching virtual classes? Well, NVTA, the National Virtual Teaching Association, has a semester program that is college accredited and designed to help you become more successful as a virtual teacher. A few of the topics that we'll be focused on are establishing relationships in the virtual environment, virtual instruction best practices, differentiation in the virtual classroom, and managing virtual resources, among others. NVTA is an affiliate partner with Teaching Learning Leading K-12, and there's so much there to help you be successful in the virtual classroom. Uh, so take a look. Go to my website, stephenmaletto.com slash sponsors, find the NVTA logo, and click on it to take you to their website. Happy learning. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is excited to be a member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. <laughs> The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends.